Hi, this is Justin McElroy, your oldest brother, and you're listening to The Good Boys Girls. My name is Haley Rose. And my name is Lily Blue. And we are, and we are, the, the Good, Good Boys, Boys Girls. <laughs> All right. <laughs> All right. Very deboner. De, de um, so, oh, gosh. This is the kind of humor we're dealing with today, baby, because we're covering Till Death Do Us Blart. So well, it and is... it's also 2 a.m. on Thanksgiving day, after well, post Thanksgiving day. Black Friday morning. Whatever. I'm tired. Um, I'm very tired as well. This is the all vocal fry, smooth jazz yeah, version. Yeah, we were just talking about how, girls. I don't know about you, but I've been socializing all day, and um, yeah. yep. I had 52 people at my house-ish because it was family reunion year, and so I my voice is gone. <laughs> but um, here we are and, doing this. Yes, and I consumed far too much lactose for my own good. Oh my today. god, mood. And so my and gluten. throat is my my throat is ripped up with acid reflux. Mm. So I'm sure the listeners don't want to learn about that. They want to learn about uh another movie that talks about a lot of food. Uh <laughs> so Till Death Do Us Blart. First of all, I can't wait on this. So Okay. So while we're well, also going to we talk need to about preface. Till Death Do Us Blart. Yeah. So so we'll talk about Till Death Do Us Blart and what it is. Um but Haley had never listened to it before, so she binged the whole thing. I So listened... I'm insane right now. You'd listen to it as it came out, or right. more or less. And so and you I just to listened to this year's episode. I didn't binge the other ones. Um and I also didn't do what you did, which because I've seen the movie before. Like, I'd seen it before I'd ever listened to the podcast, so I didn't watch the movie again. But you yeah. just watched it for the first time, right? Yes. And so I'm broken mentally <laughs> today because I listened to all four episodes of Till Death Do Us Blart, but I didn't have time because it's it was Thanksgiving Day. And so I had to, you know, run off in between courses of the meal and like while people were arriving and like find little gaps of like 10, 15 minutes at a time to listen to as much Till Death Do Us Blart as I possibly could, um, given the amount of time I had. Right. And I, in order to get as much Blart in me as possible, I, on my my podcatcher, I'm able to play it at increased speeds. Right. So I started listening at 1.2 speed. Then gradually, as my ability to understand them at accelerated speech patterns increased, I moved it up to 1.5 speed, so 150% speed. Sure. And then I moved it up to 1.8 speed, eventually working my way up to two times normal speed, 200% the regular speed. Uh, audio playback. So it's it's Griffin, Guy, uh, Justin, Travis, and 
Tim? Tim, yeah. Um, just rocketing through this content. Just <laughs> like just well, and to be fair, I tried doing the same thing. I bumped it up to one point five, but my brain is so fucking broken right now. I can't. I could Ugh. not process, so I I end up well, sitting I, at like one point two, one point three. I want to tell you, part of me honestly wants to. Here's my thing. Ugh. What if? What if every year we both listen to every episode of Till Death Do Us Blart <sighs> and then do another episode of Till Death Do Us Blart and that's our eternal quest towards death <laughs> um, is is a metatextual, even more pointless quest Welcome than watching Till to watching the, the Till Death Do Us Blart Zone Zone. Welcome to Till Till Death Do Us Blart Blart Death. <laughs> till Till Death Death Do Us Blart Blart Death. <laughs> Not today, Blart. Not today, um, <laughs> Blart. <laughs> so I'm I'm a broken woman. I listened okay. to So what like, happened? They already No, here's I just want to part on you how broken i am i was i got used to listening to them at two two hundred percent normal speed that i was like hey well let me listen to the new one and i don't have to rush and you know i have some time here right i'll just put it at regular speed and it was gruelingly slow (laughs) and i was like no i've been broken i can't listen to it nor because it's like them taking normal regular breaths and pauses and i'm like get on with it like right it was i got my brain got tuned up to the speed of it so anyway as i was i, I was watching paul blart mall cop 2 um pauler and blarter uh <laughs> i you know in the fashion so we haven't explained Till Death Do Us Blart is a podcast, for those of you that don't know, where Justin McElroy, Travis McElroy, Griffin McElroy, and Tim, hang on, what are their names, baby? Tim and Guy, well, I forget Guy, their last names. like Guy Montgomery, I think. And Tim something, or, can you look that up? From yes. The Worst Idea of All Time, which is a podcast where they watch one movie 52 times in as many, as, as short amount of time. It was originally they watched the same movie every week for a year. But then they realized they couldn't get through enough turnout in that amount of time. So they've recently been uploading daily. Um, <clears throat> yeah, I was right. Tim Bat and Ga- Guy Montgomery. Yeah. Uh, they have an excellent podcast. Uh, you should check it out. It's called The Worst Idea of All Time, where they watch the same awful movie 52 times as quick as they can uh, and make an episode about every viewing um, and slowly go insane, uh, which is a wonderful podcast idea and I love it and I'm mad that I didn't think of it first but you know what more power to them <laughs> um but so they they teamed up with the McElroy brothers to every Thanksgiving re- since 2015 when Paul Blart Mall Cop 2 was released um to watch Paul Blart Mall Cop 2 wait once wait, a year wait that this movie is that recent yeah I didn't and the first one came out that. in two thousand like nine. 
No, that's too... That should have been... Uh, no. I know, we haven't learned as a nation. This was the beginning of the end. Oh, um, wow. <laughs> So, since 2015, the year of its release, they have watched Paul Blart Mall Cop uh, once a year, every Thanksgiving, and recorded an episode about it, during which time they have come up with a myriad of wonderful, hilarious meta-commentaries. Just... Because it's the, it's the gymnastics, it's the mental gymnastics you have to do as a viewer of a terrible movie on repeat viewings to try to make it interesting. Right. I think the most recent episode is really good. I th- it's very funny. It's really funny. But I do honestly both think... 2017 was the 2017 best. 2017 was my favorite. Mostly Griffin, because of Griffin's Pink Floyd listen. Griffin through. discovers Dark Side of the Blart. Yeah, I don't want to spoil it for our listeners, if, especially if they haven't listened to it before. Or rather, sorry, Blart Side of the Moon. Blart Side of the Moon. I, like, b- blew my mind to hear him talking about this. I want to do it. I want to do it, I, too. I want to do it. I want to explain the actual intricacies of what he said, because he comes right out the gate. I don't think it's a spoiler. But he discovers that, much like Dark Side of the Rainbow, where you synchronize the album Dark Side of the Moon by Pink Floyd to the movie... Um, the Wizard of Oz, it's eerily connected as if it was intended, like the music was written with that in mind. Right. Um, but he posits that maybe Paul Blart Mall Cop 2 was made with Pink Floyd's Dark Side of the Moon in mind because it's eerily beat for beat, like weirdly like, fitting. Yeah, when the key changes happen, when the drops of the songs happen. when Even like down to certain beats of the music actions occur. Right. And I'm interested in trying this, like, legitimately because I'm, sp- like, it seems spooky. Yeah. And I don't know whether he just went insane or, like, if this is a mad work I want to. I want to test it and see if it's tried and true. But Me too. That's the other thing is, like, he said it was two whole playthroughs, right? Yeah, two whole playthroughs. And it splits perfectly between act one and act two of the movie. Wild. So, here's what happened, though. So, before we started this, I, I, I didn't finish the movie because something happened. Something magical happened. Um, and it's in theme with my maddening journey of, of Till Death Do Us Blart. So, I um, was watching this movie and I expected to uh, finish it before Blue finished uh, the latest episode because the latest episode is a hundred, uh, not hundred, is one hour and thirty six minutes long, right? Uh, and which is actually a full three minutes longer than the full runtime of the movie they're talking about. So I was like, well, I'll finish three minutes ahead of her, but you know, I had some buffering issues and this and that and the other thing, so I wound up running like twenty minutes behind. Um, so I. Sorry about my voice. Now my voice is shot too. I didn't realize how fucked. We're both just absolutely messed up. Whatever. But um, anyway, so I didn't realize I'd fallen behind. So I was like, okay, well, let me apply what I've learned today (laughs) that I'm able to absorb content at a higher speed than I thought possible. And I know that YouTube, which is where I rented the movie, um, because I'm a scrub and I don't buy physical copies of anything anymore because I'm trash. Um I, I rented the movie because I didn't want to buy Paul Blart Mall Cop too. Coward. <laughs> Let's be real. Hey, <laughs> I have I'm a film student and I have principles. Yeah, that's um, fair. So 
I rented it on YouTube, which I feel like is the lowest form of supporting content. Um, and so on YouTube, you have the capability of accelerating or decelerating the speed of playback in the, you know, the, the settings wheel where you can change the quality and everything and add subtitles, all that. Um, there's a speed setting where you can put it to 0 0.25, 0 0.5, 0 0.75, 1, 1.25, etc. Up to two times normal speed. Um, but the fun thing is that, unlike a lot of video players, if you change the speed, it still plays the sound and it pitches it so that it doesn't, it's not squeaky or, or slow. But the fun part of that is like, you know, it sort of gets that digital speed up effect of like it gets a little garbled. Mm -hmm. um, and it just sounds a little weird. But like you can still absorb it. And so I was like, let me put it up to like 1.5 speed um, to see if I can, you know, understand it. And so I put it up to 1.25 first and it was like going. I was like, okay. And then I was going to put it up to 1.5 speed. Um, but I misclicked. And accidentally put it on 0.25 speed right at this exact moment. And I'm going to play it for you both live straight into my microphone. Okay. Not you both. You, the whole audience. You, Me, everyone. here, and everybody. Yes. I, I changed it at this precise moment. And my exact reaction was Jesus horse shitting Christ. Yeah. And that was true. And you just kept saying holy shit over and over again and Be legitimately baby, scared because me. Because this is what the fuck I heard. Okay. shot of the titular Paul Blart and he is just just spitting and just his eyes are bulging out of his head and he's moving in slow motion saying you don't know what I'm capable of I'll spin around in circles and throw up on you and your friends. I simply don't care. <laughs> and I, that was it. After a day of listening to the McElroy brothers speaking at 200% the speed they normally speak at, which is normally fast. And just all of that and then watching the majority of Paul Blart Mall Cop 2 which is a terrible and nonsensical and horrible offensive movie on top of all of that and seeing my family and eating too much and and being misgendered by my family and like the psychological trauma I endured seeing that broke me and I am forever changed <laughs> forever changed how <laughs> 
probably for the worst. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, what do you do after that? What do you do after you see Kevin, Kevin James spitting in a stark profile backlit so his saliva is illuminated like jettisoning sparks from a foundry and you tell threatening to throw up on someone as a as an act of violence <laughs> how do you how do you reconcile that in your mind especially at slow motion after you had a I had trained my brain all day to absorb content at an accelerated rate, and so I was seeing every painful microsecond <laughs> of those that horrible scene already at regular speed, but it was slowed down, so I was absorbing it. I mean, mathematically, I saw that scene 400 times. I can't unsee it. Baby, I'm just, I can't unsee what I've seen. Oh my god. Are you still like okay to do the podcast? I hope so. You know what this is, baby? No. Griffin posits this in the first episode and they run with it for the whole thing. This is the shadow man trying to punish us for watching Paul Blart Mall Cop 2. The but- shadow man has ex- has gained power from Till Death Do Us Blart and the attention they've been giving this movie. And now the Shadow Man has nourished himself enough on the anguish of the McElroy brothers and the and the worst idea of all time, boys. And now I was the next victim. I was his first victim outside of Paul Blart. I have been chosen by the Shadow Man to be the dark recipient of his awful job-like trial to prove god wrong well uh well isn't that i my memory is sketch so like isn't that the reverse of i thought the shadow man wanted people to watch paul bless yes so that he could gain power right but so why would he punish you for watching it then because he's gained enough power and he needs a new victim Oh. The boys have drawn enough eyes. They have completed the dark ritual enough times for at this point. So the Shadow Man is, well, three. But the, so the Shadow Man moves on from Paul Blart and instead chooses you? Yeah. I've been show, I've been shouldered with the burden. I am the new Paul Blart. That's a good theory. I'm... <laughs> You're, like, really messed up over this. It really shocked me. It was really shocking. It was a horrifying moment in my life. I'm so sorry. I kind of wish, like, we I had gotten your reaction when... Because, like, that was something. Truly. <laughs> Well, because, like, I didn't expect that. It, the thing was, I didn't, because when you press the .25 speed button, you know everyone sounds slow and drunk and scary. Like, you anticipate it. But I thought I pressed 1.5 speed. Right. So I thought I was expecting it to be fast. And hearing that fast would have made me laugh. But the complete 
opposite of what I was expecting happened, and I was just, I couldn't look away, baby. <laughs> I couldn't, you heard me drop deathly silent when I did that, right? Yeah. <clears throat> just deathly, I was enraptured in this horrifying <laughs> scene. It was my, it was my Sisyphean torture. Oh my to God. see this scene play out for eternity in my mind's prison of a theater. Baby, maybe the Shadow Man took your soul from you. I think the Shadow Man took my soul. Like, during that. I think I'm dead. Wait, does that mean you're a portal walker now? This is getting scary. And Wait. now I'm in my basement alone. Fucking 2.30 in the morning. Well, don't be scared. <laughs> this, like, went to a weirdly real place now. Why am I a portal walker? The most recent episode. Oh, yeah. Holy shit. I am a portal walker. Right? So, like, Maya's a ghost, <laughs> which makes her a portal walker. And Blart's being cursed by the Shadow Man, which is how he can walk through portals. Right. So logically, like, you should be able to jump into planes. Paul Blart. Yeah. So wait. No, I mean the same planes that the spy, the thief people occupy. Right. You know. Right. How they're in a different movie. And right, they they're in a completely, can, they can, they're an alternate reality from yeah. the people they're in the in casino. A, they're in a cool gold-hued thief movie. Right, and which is why they can unload a whole clip of bullets into a, a suitcase in the middle of a public place and nobody calls the police. Right. Also, nobody calls the police in this movie. Ever. Except once. When Paul Blart thinks his daughter goes missing, the police show up. And then but, they're not very helpful. But then also, like... I blame Maya for her abduction, and it sounds like victim blaming, but her first instinct upon being pursued by a gunman in a hotel after locking herself in the bathroom is to call her father five times. Like, not five. I think it was four times. She calls her father four times, and he mutes her three times because he's giving a speech. Now... I understand the instinct of my dad's closer. Maybe he can help me. You know, I can call him. But if your dad doesn't pick up the first time, honey, call the fucking police, man. Right. What are you doing? Well, but how Don't old is try she? Try again. She's 18 years old. Oh, that's true. I forgot she's about she's to go going off to, to college. college. She's a grown ass woman with a phone. <laughs> Use it. Yeah. Google, what do I do when gun people come after me? It'll say, call the fucking police. What are you doing, Maya? <laughs> Portal walk out of that bathroom. Yeah, right. What are you doing? Also, who drops mace? <laughs> anyway, so we're not trying to do a Till Death Lewis Blart episode ourselves, but <clears throat> basically, like, I, I feel a portion... Like, if this is what happened to me after one viewing, I have a sudden incredible respect for these boys because this movie broke me. Granted, it, it came at a, like, perfect juncture of, like, of... It was a like, perfect new, storm. 
yeah, newfound sort of spiritual abilities. Um, now that I'm a portal walker and can absorb information at twice the normal rate of, a, of an average human being, I'm kind of a I'm kind of a spiritual weapon at this point. And the shadow man is trying to utilize me mm-hmm. in his dark game. But <clears throat> that being said, the boys have watched this movie four times, at least. Four times? Yeah. <laughs> They've watched this movie four times? Hey, man. Don't <laughs> knock it till you try it. Um, oh, please don't. I don't want to yuck Griffin's yums here, but... <sighs> also, they don't talk about this, and I don't want to take any fucking wind out of their sails. They do talk about it briefly, but not nearly enough. That Paul Blart gaslights a general manager of a hotel into thinking she loves him. Does he? Yeah. He, it starts because she, like, accidentally touches his hand when handing him a key. And she's like, oh, right. sorry about that. But your hands are really soft, just as a casual sort of compliment. And he's like, I see what's going on here. And he accuses her of hitting on him. And then he continues to accuse her of hitting on him at every interaction with her. Yeah, that's until even- true. Until eventually she falls in love with him. Which is really bad in every way. Yeah, it's really wild also. Like every every and every analysis of that like whether you're talking about it in fiction or like the idea of what is happening there psychologically right. or even like the message that sends to other people right like that says like gaslighting and negging a woman makes her fall in love with you even if you're a reprehensible person. Oh, no, I not can't even, even not like... Not even based on looks. Kevin James portrays one of the worst monsters in human history in this right. film. And he's the hero at the end. And he's the hero at the end of the film. I can't even begin to, like, talk about the way women are treated in these movies. Uh, like... <sighs> From, like, even Maya, like, he gets on to her about the bathing suit she's wearing. Yeah, he... He, he body he, shames her. Mm-hmm. And, like, it's a perfectly normal, lovely, like, I would wear that. I, yeah. It's a conservative and, yeah. bathing suit. Yeah. And he, he slut shames her for yeah, it. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm like, okay. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and it's, then there's the woman, the hotel woman he gaslights, and then there's the strange woman he doesn't know who he defends the guy that he hates at yeah. the beginning. He also straight up murdered a guy. Did he? Yeah, I was watching, and there's a scene where he's driving around on his like super armored Segway, um, shooting beanbags <sighs> at assailants. And it's supposed to be like a non-lethal weapon. Right. But he shoots a couple at one dude who falls backwards into a pool unconscious. Oh, no. Yeah. He drowned. Fuck. That man drowned dead. That man drowned dead. Also, he fell backwards into a pool over a ledge and his legs were above him and his head was underwater. And it, it ended the scene with him unconscious because if the water woke him up, then he would come after Paul Blart, and he didn't, 
So that means he stayed unconscious with his head underwater, which means he's dead. Because people don't breathe water. As it turns out, I can. I'm a portal walker. <laughs> oh my god. What? Paul Blart straight up murdered a man. Paul Blart's a murderer. And oh, I didn't even finish the movie, no. but I could only assume he killed another man. I don't even remember. I just like... I didn't even get to the part where he ziplined down a wall, down onto the roof. I yeah. haven't even gotten to that part. And well, like, yeah. Also, here's something that they didn't point out either, and this is a filmmaker bullshit thing. Okay. But, and it, it's gonna sound like well, actually, but like, well, actually, there's a scene in the movie where Paul Blart runs past like a Brookstone or something, and he sees a bunch of drones on sale. Like camera drones, a phantom DJI, DJI phantom to whatever drone. And he picks up the drone. And he's like, charge it to my account. And he like runs off. And then he opens up the box and starts flying it. First problem. Um, one, how did Paul Blart know how to fly a drone in the first place? It's not super easy. No. Two, it wouldn't have been charged out of the box. I was going to say... That those things need to be charged. Most electronic devices have to be charged when you get right. them. But three, which is my main fucking point, okay, is he starts flying it around the casino. Now, I'll grant you, you could fly a drone around a casino and some people wouldn't notice it because it's loud in the casino and they're drunk. But he uses the drone to spy on a man who's stealing art, and he flies the drone into a little hallway where one man is at the other end of the hallway stealing art in a quiet hallway, and the drone flies in and hovers and watches this guy, and the guy doesn't notice it because the sound design of the drone makes it sound like it's going... But real drones sound like... Really loud. Okay, like, but this is, I will grant you that, yes, but that's also not an argument you can make when the sound that we use for eagles in movies is not actually what eagles sound like. People nor is have, the sound for tigers, tigers, or lions, rather. The sound for lions is tigers. Right, Because lions' right. roars are like, yeah, they sound like me. They're like giant meows. That's the yeah. thing, baby. Filmmakers have been lying to us forever. That's what they do. They're professional film li movie liars. Well, I get that much. But like, the thing is, though, drones are a common enough thing that we know what drones sound like. Sure. Like, I don't know a lot of people who, if you went up to them and went like, art. Are drones completely silent? They would probably go, no, they're small helicopters. And helicopters, you can hear from actual miles okay, away. Okay, but wait, but also put into context the time period of this movie. It was 2015. Drones weren't like easily accessible to people in the public. Nobody I know personally owned a drone until 2017. That's fair. Like you I mean, don't like, I didn't know that drones were that loud until I've never I've never even I the only one I've ever seen is yours. I've never actually seen a drone in flight ever. They're extraordinarily loud. Like unnecessarily loud. And 
even the small little toy drones. Because this is the other thing is toy drones have been around for a while too. Sure. And even the small toy drones are extremely loud. And so like, I don't know. This is a minor sticking point, but like it really like completely... There are a few things in movies, because normally, like, I love movies. I can suspend my disbelief. But Paul Blart got me to the point where I had to nitpick so hard, it took me out of the movie. And that's a hard thing for me to do. Like, I'm I'm the kind of person who genuinely likes Van Helsing, the fucking huge jacked man Van Helsing. Right. Like, a lot of, a lot of film buffs, and especially, like, Dracula people, and, like, you know, vampire nerds, and they hate that movie because, like, it gets lore things wrong, and it's, like, too, you know, mid-2000s, grimdark, you know, Evanescence-looking music video-ass, <laughs> um, you know, Zack Snyder-looking movie. But, like, I love that Van Helsing. I think it's really funny and really good, and Hugh Jackman is really fun in it, and I like it a lot. Mm-hmm. I think the actors are a lot of fun. The CGI is really cool. It does a really great homage to like old horror movies. I think it's a great flick. But like, you know, there's a lot in that movie. There's a lot of plot holes, a lot of hangups. There's a lot of like bad CGI. Like it's there's a lot wrong with that flick. But I love it. But this movie's so fucking bad that right. I was like, drones aren't that quiet. <laughs> Like, I could watch Frankenstein's monster with electric, you know, nonsense steampunk geodes sticking out of his neck fall down in a flaming windmill and then later in the movie still be alive and be like, oh, that's cool. He survived down there all on his own. Not be like, well, actually, the temperatures that windmills would be able to create one on fire would sear the flesh off. Like... It was a good enough movie that I didn't care. It was a good enough movie. This movie was not good enough for me to not, not care. (laughs) That and that's fair. I realize now that like, I sounded like I was gonna try to defend Paul Blart Mall Cop two when I was being all defensive about what you were saying, but like I just was trying to make conversation and. (laughs) <laughs> Sorry. I don't I don't actually like like this movie. It's too bad. Like even for all of the good bits and like jokes and stuff, it's not worth it. It's not. It's too bad. It's too bad. And you know what else what? about this movie? What about it? It sells a lot of stuff. It's such a sponsored crazy piece of garbage oh yeah which actually reminds me uh we have to take a quick break (laughs) oh yeah we do um did we come up with a thing for our our thing you have to use words did we come up with a name for our ad break i don't think we did tweeted us what you want the name of our ad break to be and it can't be the money zone um I think we did. I don't remember what it was, though. I'm it's... sure at some point in the future we came up with it. We sound drunk. Our listeners are going to listen to this and be like, they had alcohol. I haven't had a dropped drink in three 
long, dry years, and I'm very thirsty. I mean, I had, like, rum yesterday. I didn't have anything today, though. Just a lot of water, because I was really dehydrated today. I... I'm... You have no idea how sober I am. <laughs> I do. Trust me. Uh, Well, not you. I'm talking to the, our listeners. Audience. Okay. <clears throat> but anyway, let's take a quick trip to the mall. <laughs> let's go to the mall. Hooray. Um, so first up on the docket is... Uh, a little show, um, you might have heard of it, called uh, the the Cryptid Keepers. What? Yeah, I know, baby. Tell them about the Cryptid Keepers. Oh, about the Cryptid Keepers. Um, it's a wonderful little show. That... It's also called Cryptid Keepers, not called the Cryptid Keepers. But there are multiple people on it, so I guess you could pluralize it, but it's called Cryptid Keeper. Continue. Um they it's a wonderful little show that just joined our family um recently. And uh I've been listening to it for quite a long time. It is hosted by the wonderful, incomparable Alex and Addison. Um, they are two super wonderful, fantastic folks. And, uh, basically the cryptid keeper is every Sunday. They put out a new episode about a different cryptid. So mermaids, mothman, Bigfoot, Jersey devil, uh, unicorns, elves, El Duende, Santa Claus, anything that you can think of that could be considered a cryptid. El Duende sounds like. A thing called El Drende, spoken by someone who has the RW speech impediment. <laughs> El Duende. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, that's every Sunday on Lunar Light Studio. It is impeccable. Love it. Live it. Gotta have it. Um. <laughs> So like also, it, love it, gotta have it. That's my name. <laughs> Don't wear it out, baby. <laughs> Hi, like it, love it, gotta have it. Nice to meet you. <laughs> Hi, like it, love it, gotta have it. Uh, <laughs> Your yeah. mother must hate you. Hi, like it, love it, gotta have it. Um, Either that room, or she just really, really, we, really likes cold stone. <laughs> your room is available. Uh <laughs> Uh yes, uh reservation. Oh yes, who's that under? Uh, uh like it, love it, gotta have it. Ah yes, like it, love it, gotta have it. Party of three. <laughs> uh, that's the name of our um mid nineties techno group. Is like uh, it, love it, gotta have it. Party of three. Like it, love it, gotta have it. Party of three. <laughs> like it, love it, gotta have it. Party of three. <laughs> 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 Um, so, <laughs> we haven't done a plug for what you call it in a minute. Uh, what you call it is, um, one of those good old fashioned podcasts. You know what I'm talking about? Just a couple of friends from the Midwest eating cheese, talking about moms. I mean, like, what else do you want in your life? 
they got you got good friends. You mm. got Britt and Reed. Mm. They're on it. They love yes. each other. They love friendship. Mm. They love fucking nerdy stuff, books, video games, coding. Uh, they're all over the place. And you know what? They're all over the place because it's a podcast that has ADD. <laughs> no, the just the hosts the, of the podcast have ADD. The podcast ADHD. is the hosts. Yes, truly true. Truly true. You heard it here first, folks. So, what you call... <laughs> this is the worst plug for our friends ever. You should listen to what you call it. It's it. It's one of those podcasts where you tune in, tune out, and you just kind of let them lull you off into Wonderland. Well, don't... I mean, it's very interesting and intriguing, and it'll capture your attention. Absolutely, but it's like... It's one of those ones where, like, you know, it feels I listen like to a listening lot of, to a nice, comfortable conversation among friends yeah. in a coffee shop. I didn't sell this correctly, so I didn't mean like you don't listen to it. I meant like, <laughs> you know how there's like hard podcasts that are like difficult, and you like turn them on, and you're like, oh boy, I gotta let me get my fucking reading glasses out for this one. Like, <laughs> yeah, I love me those hard podcasts. <laughs> I have some nice soft podcasts I listen to. Some soft, easy and then my Goldilocks listen. podcasts, where it's not too hard, it's not too soft, it's just right. Welcome and that's to what you call place. it. <laughs> That's what you call it. What you call it is the podcast. Is what you call it is the Goldilocks right. podcast. <laughs> Hi, welcome Goldilocks back to the Good Boys. What you call it podcast? Wait. Hi, welcome back to the Good Boys Girls. Thank you for joining no, us. No, I want to keep talking about what you call <laughs> no. it. No, what you call it? So <laughs> they're they're really Stop. nice to us, and they were the. They were the first podcast we got on, right? Besides um, Storyboard and Netflix and Kill. Yeah. So they weren't the first podcast. They, I think they were the first people to send us an application. <laughs> they were the first people that weren't my friends already. Well, now and, we're friends. And they're my friends now. And they, if you guys have look, gone to look at our website... That's all Brit and Reed. Like, hey, listen, Brit and Reed, if you don't want to work for us anymore after hearing this promo, <laughs> I completely understand. No hard feelings. <laughs> sorry you can that you take you're... all the code you put into our website and build your own network. Like, sorry at that this you're... point we super deserve it. <laughs> sorry that your uh, your spot was short lived, but I'm sure it was wonderful, and we were happy to have you. We, we love to see you. We would in love the next to life. keep you. We would absolutely love to keep you. Don't get us wrong, but like, if you leave, I completely understand. Oh, also, I know we usually only do two ads. Nah, I'll save it for the end. Okay, let's go back to the what we were talking about. What were we talking about? Paul Bar- Cop 2. I dare you to come up with what we were talking about before the break. Actually, I remember is that there's so much sponsored content in here. Yeah. Um, um, weirdly ha, ha, specific sponsored it. content. Foot Locker. I didn't get to that part. There's no context for it. 
anywhere ever. I know. I was hearing that from the boys. And it baffles, angers, and confuses me. Yeah. I've backed away from the mic. Hang on. Let me turn it up. It's okay. No, I can still hear you pretty good. So, uh, did it baffles, you, angers, and confuses me. Did you see the oatmeal cookie part that Travis was talking about? Where the guy just throws an oatmeal <laughs> cookie out of the door? Yeah. Off a balcony? <laughs> yeah, I did see that part. I didn't it remember It was right that. after the part where Maya hacks a door lock. <laughs> with a snow globe. Oh my god, wait, what? And a what? phone battery. Maya takes a snow globe that Lane, you know, Chicken Chow Lane gives her. Um, I So what, wait, okay, really quick before we, what is that reference? Like, what is that? I don't remember so that joke Lane at all. Is the and name they all hate the it so much. Lane is the name of the, the valet from okay. the hotel that Maya takes a fancy to. Okay. And so he's like, you know, fancy on her and she's fancy on him. And he's like, you want to come to a party and the, and you know, he's just like right. the fuck boy. And so his name is Lane. And so at one point, Maya leaves the hotel room to like go chill with Lane at the pool and talk totally within her rights as an adult woman. Right. But then Paul Blart Mall Cop calls the, I'm sorry, Paul Blart Mall Cop 2 calls the police to find her and um, she turns up and she's like, all right, let's go to dinner. And then he goes to dinner with her and he finds out that she went to going to UCLA and he's like, you weren't going to tell me about this, blah, 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 blah. And she was like, I was just hanging out with Lane. And he was like, oh, chicken chow Lane, um, which is just out of nowhere. And also like. <laughs> Not very a- funny. And kind of like, racist. Well, it was inappropriately racist because Lane's a, like, I'm pretty sure he's white. Yeah. So, like, if he was... If he <laughs> racist was, for a race, he's not. Yeah, if he was, like, if the kid was, like, East Asian, I would have been like, that's racist, and he was trying to do a racist joke. But this is a racist joke that doesn't even make sense. Like... It doesn't even make any sense. Why would you call someone that? Like, I can't even come up, like, and it is offensive because, like, I can't even come up with, like, an incorrectly racist joke about my name without it being actually racist. So it is actually racist. But, like, it's just not necessary. Yeah. And also incorrect. Like, I would actually... I don't know if I would prefer him to be accurately racist or inaccurately racist because this is just offensive and confusing and the other one would just be offensive. So, like, I don't know. You'd at least know why you were mad. I would at least know why I was mad. But this way, it's just like you did a bad... Maybe, I honestly think, I honestly think, I honestly think that Uh they originally had Lane casted with an Asian-American actor... And then they had a recast at the last second and they didn't change the line. Because they thought it was funny? I, I don't know. I mean, I think Guy had it correctly. It was either Guy or Tim. I haven't learned to differentiate their voices yet. Mm-hmm. But one of, the, one of our good Kiwis 
definitely had it right when he said that this movie was written by one guy who was act, like furiously trying to write a funny comedy movie and also Kevin James halfway through a dry box of cereal just shouting out every third thought. Right. The movie is a jumbled mess. It it is. It is a like I can't I'm I just watched most of it and I can't piece together like what parts went where. Right. Well, okay, before we move on from this subject since I feel like I might be a little more cohesive than you are right now. Continue telling me about Maya hacking a door with a oh, shit. phone yeah. battery. So Lane buys her a gift from the gift shop and it's a snow globe and he said it's either it was either this or sunblock. Um and he said block weird, which just that was just something I noticed. He said like <laughs> block. Like as if he was trying to say blart. But it's it was block block. It made anyway. He just it just was weird to me, and that's just it's. I know it's how he talks, and it's probably a regional accent, and I'm. It's not necessary thing to point out, but it was just a standout moment in the scene. Anyway, he hands her this snow globe, and then it cuts away for like a while. Like, a good, solid, like, five, ten, maybe an hour, minutes. Like, I don't know how much time passed. I can't accurately say. But it's Maya and Lane with the snow globe in the room. Cuts away to, like, some bullshit. Right. And then she smashes the snow globe. And they talk about where she smashes the snow globe. There's, like, a two-frame cutaway to Lane's reaction. And it's hilarious. But, like, she smashes the snow globe, and, but, mind you, in between this time, you're supposed to have assumed that she's just standing there with a snow globe looking at Lane. Like, right. nothing else has happened in their w- part of the world yet. Right. So she smashes the snow globe after standing there idly for 15-some-odd minutes just looking at it, presumably playing with it. Um, smashes it, opens it up, and takes out the little snow motor, because modern snow globes have little, like, buttons that make the snow go so you don't have to shake it. Um, and so she pulls out the little motor, which has strands of copper wire just hanging from it. You know, how technology does. Right. Um, and so she pulls the copper wire out of the machine, which seems to have just been threaded through it, with no other parts, just it's just a plastic box with two strands of copper wire that are actually one strand of copper wire that she pulls out. And she takes the strand of copper wire, sticks it into the key card slot of the door, pulls out her phone battery, and then sticks that onto the copper wire. It sparks and the door unlocks. Huh. So the idea is that she, like, short-circuits the door? Yeah. She hacks a door with copper wire from a snow globe and her car battery. Okay, MacGyver. Or her phone battery, rather. Yeah, MyGyver, actually. Yeah, okay. Is the term they gave her. Um, And then the best part of that whole scene, right? 
So the one thing they teach you in like screenwriting or any kind of class where you're telling a story is don't put anything there that doesn't need to be there. And especially don't put anything there that is pointless. Um, so they escape the room. She hacks the door because, you know, they put the Chekhov's phone battery in her purse and literally like everything that he checked off when she was leaving the room. She, he was like, do you have your pepper spray? Do you have your pocket knife? Do you have your extra phone battery? Do you have the mini road flares? Do you have every single thing he said comes into play at some point? Right. And so they had to find a reason for the phone battery. And I guess they put this in here because she opens the door, walks outside. They spend a minute and a half walking around outside before they see a security guard. And they go, help us. And he pulls out a gun and goes, okay. And then he puts them back in the room. So the whole thing was pointless. Right. They might as well have just stayed in the room. Anyway, I'm mad at the movie. It's bad. Like, like I'm I'm mad at it. Like obscenely <clears throat> bad. Um well the other thing is it's it's poorly sh- it's poorly shot. Half of it's poorly shot. The parts with Kevin James in it are poorly shot. The parts with the heist, right, are really good. Like they were saying, I think they were saying in episode two or three, I think it was two. The, the, yeah, it was two. The heist part of the movie is a completely different, like, movie. It's an actual heist movie that's actually good. And, like, actors are good. Everyone, like, they're, like, you know, fucking, like, competent and, like, good looking and, like, good actors. They have a plan. Right. interesting characteristics like Vincent has like heterochromia in his eyes like it's just a weird like mishmash of character memorable characters that like don't whose names you know by the way yeah yeah like that's Ramos like it's I know their names better than I know fucking Paul Blart's name I don't know his his wife's name was I don't know his mom's name was his crew too like his the folks that he was rolling with. Do you remember well, any of Mer- their there's names? There's Myrtle. There's Gut. Gut Garb. Yep, that's one of them. Um, you know, as you're talking about this, I am thinking about. This is going to sound totally out of left field, but I'm thinking about Hoodwinked. Okay. Um, which. Is genuinely a really good movie. Honestly, the only really like major problem with it is that the animation is really bad. But if you can like just swallow that and not look at it, it's it's not actually. If you consume Hoodwinked as a podcast, yeah, it's genuinely not that bad. But it has a similar problem to this in that it tries to be like four different movies because Hoodwinked is like a comedy family murder mystery noir action action film. And it just like should have been one thing. Um, Oh yeah. Cause it's also like a, you know, ex sports, you know, 
movie and it's a musical and it's a it's all it's just it's too much and this movie Paul Blart does something does like the same thing it tries to be a heist movie and a comedy and a a family film and a dude bro movie about fat guys and and uh you know I don't know. It just tries to do too much and it confuses itself and it's just a jumble mishmash of bullshit well, that yeah, doesn't... Like they said, they I think they said this in episode three, there's like a Van Wilder party, college party in the presidential suite movie and it's like a coming of age romance right. movie. And then there's the fucking good heist movie and then there's this sort of like silly movie about like a security officer conference, which right. honestly I would have watched that movie right. about like a bunch of different weird security guards from all over the country. And they have like different levels of like hierarchy. And it's just this sort of like funny, like look inside of a world we don't usually think about. Like that's a fun idea. And I feel like, like that's you don't the need to incorporate what... the heist in that too, though. Like adding right. the heist then makes it confused. Well, no. And that's, outside of just the Paul Blart movie itself. Like I'm saying like the security conference as its own thing. Cause that has its own. No, 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 no. That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. Like Paul Blart mall cop two should have just been about the security conference. The heist should have never been involved. That's yeah, like no. a whole second. That's a whole third movie. Yeah. That's, that's a, a whole, whole third that's, movie. that's Paul Blart mall cop gets a job at a museum. Like yeah. that's well, not, that's- Paul Blart Mall Cop gets a job at the museum is just Night at the Museum. Sure. That's my point. So they they were like, oh, Night at the Museum was a good movie. Like, let's do that. But they're like, oh, we can't because that already happened. (gasps) Well, okay. So. (sighs) It's so bad, y'all. I can't even express. Here's the thing. I'm calling you out. Me? Say your thought first, and then I am calling you out. Well, now I don't want to say my thought. Calling you out because Travis explicitly said not to watch this movie and you did it anyway. Uh, Well, I'm calling you out because uh, they all, at the beginning of the first episode, specifically said, watch this movie before you listen to the podcasts, and I didn't. And I actually listened to them all as prep work for the movie. And I think, honestly, my viewing experience was better because I kept waiting for all of the parts that they mentioned. And actually, I I will say that listening to their podcast as preparation as required reading for this pod for this movie experience made the movie more enjoyable for me because I the only thing that was keeping me going the only thing that didn't stop me from fucking pausing was the movie was trying and- to understand what the jokes that they always talked about were. Exactly, trying to get to the lines. So, like, you know, I was waiting for the little girl that said, oh, look at the beautiful flowers. Daddy, can I draw on them? And the man not on a phone says, not right now, baby, I'm on the phone. While Paul Blart on the floor crawls over to lick the dripping pink ice cream from a little girl's hand. And then also the scene with Myrtle peeling the disgusting rotting banana which I did get a little laugh out of, or the scene where he just punches an old woman, or the scene where a security officer punches him straight in the chest, or the scene right in the beginning where he gets slapped in the face by a toddler, or my personal favorite scene, the shadow man. 
on the piano yeah, that's with the strange good. fucking bird. I love that scene because going into that scene, not knowing it ahead of time, not having ever seen it, knowing that as soon as he walked outside into a quad where I heard piano music, my first thought was, the shadow man. <laughs> and then I saw him. And going into it, without knowing what the shadow man was, I would have been like, oh, there's a, you know, he's a you know, nice looking pianist, you know, like well-dressed, smiles a lot, just doing his job, trying not to get involved. But going in with the idea of the shadow man, it makes sense because he's creepy and he smiles and he just watches Kevin James walk into this area. And then the bird, a strange bird that shouldn't even be there. It's a misplaced bird, an invasive species in this little quad goes out there and starts attacking him. And the and the shadow man doesn't stop playing the piano. He just continues scoring Paul Blart's torture. And he smiles. And Paul Blart goes, well, thank you for all the help. And he smiles and he nods and he watches him go away and he continues to play the piano. It was the most terrifying scene I've ever seen in a film because I know that that's the shadow man. And the dramatic irony is that Paul Blart doesn't. He thinks he's just a, an innocent pianist. Everyone thinks he's just an innocent pianist. But the cut scene from the end of the movie that no one knows is everything burns down and they all die in a horrible fire screaming. And then from the wreckage walks only the piano player holding his bird. I think part of the reason why I hate this movie so much is because I haven't seen this movie since I've listened to the podcast. And I had only exclusively seen, which means I'd only exclusively seen the movie before even knowing the McElroy brothers existed. Yeah. Um, and so I've never really been a fan of like cringe comedy of like the secondhand embarrassment cringe comedy where like something. Oh, I hate it. Happen- I yeah. hate it. Like, that's part, like, I used to watch The Office all the time when I was younger, but I can't go back to it because that's exclusively what I remember it being. It was yeah. all just secondhand embarrassment comedy. Um, and and uh, that, that's what she said, jokes. Um, which I'm not trying to throw shade at The Office because I'm sure it's fine. I just, like, can't no, go back sure. to it because I exclusively remember it being secondhand embarrassment and I can't stand that stuff. It, no, like, it... Makes it me anxious. It physically hurts me to yeah. watch that happen. Like my chest starts hurt. Like because I because of my empathy, it, it I can't I can't stand it. Um, and so this movie, like that's exclusively what it uses, really. You know, especially when it comes to all the stuff with Paul Blart, like it's all just like, oh, look at this dumb fat guy that like. Well, the other thing is like, know, they deliberately make him aggravatingly, like a fat character. You know what I mean? Like they do all these tropes that make his fatness look like it's a negative trait about him personally. Right. So like right. he'll be a, acting like a bad father being like, you shouldn't go to college because I don't want you to be away from me. And then he'll lean back and grab a piece of bread and shove it in his mouth. Like I'm being a bad father and I'm fat and I'm fat because I'm a bad father. And I'm a bad father because I'm fat and nom, 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 you're my bread. Like right. that's a grotesque image. And I was like 
feeling myself getting angry. And I was like, I'm not angry at him for being fat and eating. I'm angry at him because the film wants me to be angry at him for being fat and eating. Right. Like, the film is, they shot it in such a way that, like, the film was... And wrote it and edited it yeah, and put it together that way. The film was yes. telling me to not like him because he's fat. And, like, not for Which, any like, what of... kind of message is that sending in general? Yeah, you know? and it's not... And it's, again, it's not like, oh, judge his body physically. It's that his fatness makes him morally reprehensible. And right. the truth is that Paul Blart is morally reprehensible as a character, but it's not but because not he's fat. But not necessarily because he's fat, no. It's because he's a horrible, horrible father, husband, and human being. But they just, they make that such a strong point that like, yeah, it just... <sighs> Every beat is just fat joke, fat joke, fat joke, fat joke. I like, has, I know... He has a vibrating can... fork to pace his eating. Yeah. I like, no, you can't, but like there's some deep-seated part of me that just like really wants to blame this movie for all of our problems right now. Oh, yeah. No, for sure. I think that's okay. Like, I know it's not just this. It's like a lot of other stuff, too. No, it's a systemic problem, but also Paul Blart caused it all. Right. Like, it's... Like the sexism and you know, I think body shaming and I think Paul racism Blart is not the source of the problem, but Paul Blart is indicative of the problem. Paul Blart right. is the fever that shows the body is sick. Right. You know what I mean? Like Paul Blart is the boil on the skin that shows it's infected. Paul Blart I mean, that's, is I, the mole on top of the skin cancer. I feel the same way about all the Adam Sandler content. Yeah, I mean, it's well, the same the, bullshit. The, because the scariest thing about all of the Happy Madison content, right, everyone we know hates it. Yeah. But think about your cousins. Think about I know you know some random kid you knew in high school. Think about even like your dad, like right? No, right? no, no, for real. Like even my parents who are like, oh my god, Adam Sandler, and I'm like, um, and they watch uh, every one of his fucking movies, and he makes bank yeah. every time. And we're like, how? Because we're in this like art community of critical thinking individuals, where we're like, how does anyone watch this? This is grotesque right. and horrible. But they pull in billions of dollars. Yeah. And we're like, how does Happy Madison know. stay afloat? How is it a production company? Because every film they make gets viewed en masse by every fucking idiot white person in America. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I'm just, I'm so tired. Uh. And that's why I get, like, I'm going to go to the, I'm going to go to bat for Tyler Perry for a second. Because Tyler Perry makes the same kind of content, but for black people, like for black folks. Like he makes the same kind of like, quote unquote, lowbrow humor of like, just sort of like, you know, fart jokes and, and poop jokes and boner jokes and like just dude bro comedy, but for black families and like 
the people who watch Happy Madison movies are like, oh my god, Medea is such a shitty movie. Oh, why does anybody watch that? And it's like, who the fuck are you to be judging? Right. Like, yeah, there's a place for lowbrow comedy. Like, I enjoyed Happy Gilmore when I was young. You know, like, when you're a young kid, you watch these movies, and it's funny, because you think farts and boners and poop jokes are funny. But, like, there comes a point when you realize, like, Happy Madison movies are causing and perpetuating negative stereotypes that Tyler Perry movies are not. Right. Like, they might smack a little transphobic and homophobic at times, but, you know... Every, it's a work in progress, and I'm not going to apologize for that. And I'm also not very familiar with the filmography of Tyler Perry, but I do know that they kind of exist in that same vein. But like right. at the same time, like I'm pretty sure Happy Madison features, because they are appealing to the majority and to the privileged and like agent class in this sort of like divide it's it's causing a lot more harm than good and like for sure no for sure and like it's just like even if tyler perry movies are like as negative like they're not as widely received and they're not as like graciously rewarded in the box office as a happy madison feature like anything adam sandler's in gets fucking a ton of views even the shit he puts on Netflix. These horrible, horrible movies that don't make any sense. And he keeps getting more movies put out on Netflix. And I'm like, what the fuck is happening that he keeps right. getting these movies put out in theaters and on Netflix? He keeps getting deals. He makes movie after movie after movie. And everyone I know hates them. So how does he keep making movies? And it's because, and it's those shocking moments that make me realize, like, why... The political landscape is the way it is. Right. Because, like, it's... Because the people we know is an upsettingly small minority. Exactly. And that's why Paul Blart... You want to blame Paul Blart Mall Cop 2 on all these problems. Because, in a way, Paul Blart Mall Cop 2 caused these problems. Right. It's a mirror for the problems in our society. It's not the cause, but like it is, it like you can see the problems in it. Yeah, it is surely a symptom, and if Ugh. not an indicator. But like, here's the thing, though. Hey, that's to, where you are. To take it away from, <laughs> to take it away from Bummer Town. Um, I enjoy the boys taking this, taking the piss out of this movie. Because absolutely, here's the thing: is they could have gone for this ironic, like, here's the reason we're watching Paul Blart Mall Cop two for the rest of our lives because it's the greatest movie of all time, and then come up with like real sarcastic reasons that this movie is so good, but like, they're not about that irony thing. In fact, I heard Justin once call Travis out. I think it was in the most recent episode. He called Travis out on because um, they were talking about their favorite lines from the movie. And Travis said, like, a bad line. And Justin was like, no, you're being ironic. Like, what is your actual favorite line from this movie, if there's anything? Um, they're, like, genuinely pissed. Like, it's clear that they're genuinely angry about this movie. Right. And they're trying to find things to like about it. But they're, like, genuinely fucking taking the piss out of this movie. And I like that. 
I like that what they're trying to do out of this horrible thing is raise money for charity. Right. And like, because the sponsors they sold, that they auctioned off, all the money they raised, which was a considerable amount of money, went straight to charities. And they're like trying to pull something good. Local charities to where they are. Yeah. Which is cool too. And they're trying to pull something good out of, because local charities are the only ones that matter. I mean, this is a fucking hot take, but like big charities move right. funds around in weird ways and then it never winds up going to where you want it. But No, I, I completely agree. Don't donate to FEMA. Donate to local shelters, especially if you're in areas that were just affected by the hurricanes. Yeah. Um, don't jo- I can tell don't you as someone ever from donate Tallahassee to the fucking to... Red Cross. Oh, yeah. No, I can tell you as someone from the Tallahassee area, FEMA didn't do shit and neither did the Red Cross. The Red Cross fucking hides supplies in warehouses and FEMA doesn't fucking do shit. Um, But, you know, that's fucking neither here nor there. Donate to local charities and food banks and, like, get out there and help people yourself. If you want something to happen, you got to do it. And so, anyway, I like that they're trying to actually make something happen good out of this horrible 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 pustule of a film yeah um but anyway well and that they're like trying to find the joy in it and like not the joy but like uh just make something like the you know griffin doing the pink floyd thing and the the shadow man thing coming up and the whole world like (laughs) portal jumping and just like all of the like weird meta textual things they come up with and turning it into like a geeky sort of like prog rocky subcultural thing like taking it from the mainstream absolutely doesn't belong to them anymore this is ours now yeah because they've forgotten about it let's be honest like when was the last time anyone who fucking liked paul blart mall cop 2 saw it even if they bought it on fucking dvd or blu-ray like, who the fuck is still watching it three years later? The attention span I mean, of those are. people... I mean, we are. But the attention span of those people... Uh, that's exactly my point. The attention span of the of the target market will drift away as soon as the next feature comes out. The next big fucking disaster movie, whatever. Whatever The Rock is in lately, even though, like, I appreciate his hustle. I'm not going to throw oh. any shade. Hey, I love Dwayne. I love me some my Dwayne. Dad. I love some Dwayne Johnson. Um, But... That movie's ours now. We've taken it. And it's not a cult following. It's not a subculture. I mean, fuck, dude. Pirate that shit. I don't care. <laughs> I don't yeah. give a fuck. They don't deserve our money. Yeah, absolutely not. But, like, that's ours now. Fuck them. I don't give a shit. They don't deserve <laughs> our fucking money. We're going to take it. We're going to make take the piss out of it. And we're going to turn it into some fucking weird fucking RPG bullshit. Because that's what I really want. They said that at the end oh of episode God. three. Paul Blart, D&D. Well, they said that at the end of episode three that they were going to, for episode four, do a full-on RPG where they played all the characters. Um, they lied. They did lie. But I want them to do that. And I want to use our position here, our position of considerable power in the fandom, to say, everybody, don't hassle them. But gradually and subtly over the year from now until next Thanksgiving, remind, remind them. them that they should do an RPG episode because they all play D&D. 
They should do an RPG episode well, of Till Death. I'm pretty North sure Blart. Tim and Guy don't. No, they do. Guy actually in I think episode three. No, it was in this episode, episode four. He had the most. Maybe they were goofing. Did he? Oh yeah. That's that was the joke. Neither of them have fucking played D and D, and that's why they were the ones that explained it. It was all tongue in cheek sarcasm. To be fair, I listened to it at two hundred percent speed, so I didn't quite catch okay. the sarcasm. Yeah. Sorry, you probably didn't catch the nuance of it, but no, that that's why they were they made. I thought it was and- actually an incredibly succinct description of Dungeons and Dragons, and I thought that was <laughs> the joke. Was hey, dungeons are prisons, and dragons are dinosaurs that fly. Put them together, that's a hell of a game. Like that's true. That is. It is true, but no, that was the joke. Was that guy for some reason was a man that just was born out of his pneumatic tube That's this right. morning and doesn't know anything about humanity. Yeah, I, I got that including the end D&D. of it, but I think by the time I got past the uh, the Los Angeles bit and like started to get that bit, I had already forgotten about the Dungeons and Dragons thing because... It's all good. Anyway. Um, it's all good. New, New Zealanders... Well, fucking... They, they have Justin, a very interesting sense Clint of humor. Justin play when they started either, so, like, they can make it happen. No, 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 no. But I, I I, would, like, suggest especially gently mentioning it to Travis, because I think if anybody's going to make that happen, it will be him. Yeah. Um, It won't be Griffin, because he's too busy and stressed. Um, even though Griffin is the only one that's of them that has written a game. Although, didn't Travis write a game? Yeah, Travis wrote Dust. No, but I mean, like, Griffin, like, built a system. Oh, right. Well, they don't need to build a system. They can use a system and just write a game. I suppose they could write a campaign. Um, um, but no, I would, like, I would, like, gently nudge Travis. But... I think that's as good a place as any to leave off because I don't want to continue dwelling on Paul or Mall Cop 2 and it's almost 3.30 in the fucking morning and I have to get this I'm up I'm so fucking tired, today. baby. I'm like falling asleep. I'm falling asleep and I still have to edit this and you're staying up with me. Oh, okay. I love you. I love you too and I need your support right now. Um, okay. But anyway. Can I take like a little snoozle? You can snoozle on the line with me, but I'm going to wake okay. you up when I need attention. <laughs> and this episode is going to have super minimal editing. I apologize. Um, hey, we hope you don't stop listening to our podcast after this, and we're really sorry. Hey, at the time, we thought this was going to be a really good idea, but it really wasn't at all. Hey, I think... Remind us not to do this again. I think this is endearing. And I think the the small but considerable fan base we have accrued over this mm-hmm. period of time will think this is funny. I God, I hope so. I really hope so. I'm being very, very hopeful and and positive thinking right now because I have to be because my day was a living hell. So with that, happy Thanksgiving. Happy Thanksgiving <laughs> in America and everywhere else. We're still grateful that we have you. On a more serious note, I'm very grateful that we have this opportunity to have this network and this show and this wonderful group of fans and to be a part of this fandom and for the McElroy brothers and for all of the people we work with. And I'm particularly grateful for you, baby. Oh, baby. I love you. I love you. I'm grateful for you too, sweetie. So. And I'm I'm grateful 
as well. I just am like, I, I'm just a full of a lot of emotions today, especially just thinking about this being a thing, like the network in general. This is something I wanted for a long time. I mean, of course, not nearly as bad as Haley, since baby, I know this is like your job, but um, you know, when I started Lunar Light, I had these grand ideas of like what it would be and I could never make it happen on my own. So thank you, baby, for being my my person. I love you. Hey. And you can thank be you my wingman for... any day. <laughs> and thank you to all of you for listening. Um, if you would like to get in touch with us, we are on Twitter at Good Boys Girls TM or Lunar Light HQ for our main Twitter, I am on Twitter as Blue Space Queen. And I'm on Twitter as Hey Stews. Uh, if you wouldn't... Oh, go ahead. Sorry, what were you going to say? I don't know. Go ahead. I'm scared now. <laughs> it's okay. If you wouldn't mind uh, leaving us a review on iTunes, uh, that really super helps our ratings and helps people find out about us so that they can listen to our crazed 3 a.m. ramblings. Crazed. Uh, and the other thing I was going to mention earlier, but I think I'll just mention now, is that on Monday, we are dropping a brand new podcast with our good friend Penny Parker called Badvertising, Advertising. which I think both of us agree is probably the best piece of art we've ever created. Created. <laughs> um, and I also just realized today that Monday when it drops is going to be my parents' 24th wedding anniversary, which is Nice. nice. So nice. Um, so anyway, yes, check out bad advertising. It'll be live. It should be live wait, on Monday. Wait, wait, 24th, 26th. Oh, okay. never mind. Okay, bye. bye. <laughs> we know we have a we have an outro. Oh, that's and right. as we always say, as we apparently always say here on the Good Boys <laughs> Girls podcast, take a hammer and fix the podcast. That oh, shadow man. <laughs> <laughs>